0: Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au So um, today I wanted to talk to us about the calling or the being called to belong somewhere, Um Because I believe that every single one of us is called to belong in the body of Christ. Every one of us is called to have um, a belonging in the house of God, a place where you call home, a place that you say, This is where I belong, and I feel like I belong here. Um, You know, uh, research would say people that don't belong somewhere feel greater um, experiences of depression and stress and disconnection and loneliness. Um, But in the house of God, the house of God is to be a place where people can come and feel connection, uh, support, uh, interaction, love, care, uh, forgiveness, all those sorts of things. So um, I'm going to read from Romans 1. And then we'll, we'll kick into this. So it says in Romans 1, 1, it says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel he promised beforehand through the prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him we receive grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith <clears throat> for his name's sake. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. I love that that, that word there, called to belong. And of course, first and foremost, we are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Jesus is is the entry point into the family of God. When we come into relationship with Jesus, we come into relationship with God's household. Then we become part of the family. And so it's, you know, and this is what Paul is saying here in Romans. He's saying that that, that all of us as Gentiles, we we're, we're all we're, we're all in that position of like we didn't know God and now we do. We aren't Israelites, we're Gentiles that been called into the kingdom of God. And here's Paul saying that all of all of us are first and foremost called into this relationship with Jesus Christ. That that is the first and foremost, most important part of this journey that we're on with with God, that we have a solid, real, robust, uh, engaging relationship, intimate relationship with Jesus. And it's important that each and every one of us has that relationship. That it's not just a head knowledge relationship. It's not just an understanding up here, but there's a connection in here, in the heart between us and Jesus. That is what's going to sustain you in the journey of your faith. That is what's going to sustain you in those tough times when you don't know what to do. Uh, I tell you now, it's not about knowing it up here that's going to sustain you. It's about understanding and knowing it in your heart that God truly loves you and that Jesus is the answer to everything that you're going to face. So Paul says that we're called to belong. We're called to belong to God, of course, but we're also called to belong to one another. We're called to belong to one another. In Mark 12, 29, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Where are we? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Next. And the second command is like it, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So the Bible really deals with two relationships that we are to give attention to. Our first relationship, of course, is what I said, our relationship with God. Our relationship with Jesus is got to have attention. We have to pay attention and stay on top of that and keep that relationship open and real and healthy and and, and be engaging with him. But the other thing it says is that we should love our neighbor. We are called to love our neighbor. We're called to one another, that we must pay attention to our relationship with other people. And, and it's important to understand that, that, that when, Jesus, when, when these, the Jesus summed up what were the most important rules or the most important laws that were given, he goes, the, the most important are these, is to love God and to love your neighbour. Now, if you can't do those things, it doesn't matter what you know out of the Scriptures. It doesn't matter what you understand. If you can't deliver what God has shown you through love, it all means nothing. Because people can't receive something that is harsh. They can't receive something that is pointed. It's hard to receive something that is, criti- that, that, that is judgmental or, or accusing because there's no love in that. But when it comes in from a place of truly loving somebody, truly wanting to engage with somebody, then it becomes powerful because love paves the way. Love covers a multitude of sin. Love opens a door in someone's life that has been closed. It's through love that we will win the world. It's through love that Jesus won us. And so we can't think that it's all about any kind of knowledge or understanding. It's more about the expression of God's love through us that is going to open people to hear the message. So we are called to one another to belong. To belong, there must be a giving and a receiving. If we are to belong somewhere, we must be willing to give ourselves to that somewhere. And we must be willing, as those who are being given to as a church, to receive somebody into relationship. So there's a giving of ourselves and a receiving of you to come in. And it works both ways. We also then must give ourselves as a church and you must receive that into relationship. A relationship takes two people to engage. You can't have a relationship on your own. There's no such thing as my own relationship with the church all by myself. That must take two. When you get married, it takes two people to be married. Both those people must be engaged and willing to engage at a level of commitment that will keep you together. If one decides not to be committed, then there's no belonging in that situation, and that's a problem, because belonging is, is a longing of the heart. We, call, we, we, we long to belong as people. So, you know, like young people get caught up in gangs. Why? Because they're looking for somewhere to belong. So they go off and they do all sorts of crazy things because they want to be accepted and belong to something that's bigger than themselves, where they feel like they can draw identity from. You know, guys get caught up, and I've known guys have been caught up with bikies and things like that, and the reason why they get caught up in that is because they want to belong to a brotherhood. They want to belong to something that is bigger than themselves. They want to belong to something and feel like they have significance in life. And so belonging brings significance to us. It brings identity to us. We, we, we discover who we are in the relationship of belonging. But belonging happens in the context of community. Yeah, we see lots of different communities around, right? Not just church communities, sporting communities, all sorts of communities, man sheds and, you know, uh, whatever it may be. There's a whole lot of different communities in the world. And sometimes we can think, oh, people are already connected in community somewhere. But do you know that, that people that long for community will connect to many communities? And if you actually even look at your own world, you're connected to more than one community, right? You have your work community. You have your church community. You might have your sporting community. Then you might have some other thing that you're doing that's a community of people. But, and the reason we connect to these things is because we long to belong to something. Because we're not meant to do life alone. We've not been created to live this life as an island in the street, as someone that can just do it by themselves. And it's not how we're being created. God did not create us that way. And that's why when you read through the Scriptures, you see the reinforcement over and over again to love God and to love people. And the, and the, uh, the conversation that the disciples are writing and Paul's writing about, about how to keep that relationship buoyant and strong. So he teaches us how to love. We get taught how to forgive. We get taught how to interact properly with one another in a way that we can move forward together. And the whole Bible is based around this relational approach that that, that we must understand as Christians is important. Because without it, we end up being very lonely, very disconnected, and we misunderstand what God is trying to teach us. So I must be willing to give myself to those who God is calling me to into relationship with because that is what it means to belong. It means I open my life up. I don't live closed. I don't live cut off from people, but I, I live open. People get to know me because I allow them in. That's what it means to belong. That means that there's more than just a an acquaintance level connection, but it goes a little deeper to a brotherly befriending connection where we can have a real conversation with one another about who we are. That's how we start to learn to belong. So so this is found and formed in community through togetherness. So what does that community look like? In Acts 2.42... If I can find that in my scriptures, that's not Acts. Acts 2. Is it on the screen? It is. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to, to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together. Here we see that word again, together with glad and sincere hearts. To belong means to be together, that we do life together, that we interact together, that we we do what was done here. This is what this is what community looks like. Community is done in the context of togetherness. When we're together, and what what does that together look like? What does it, what, what does it mean, that, that togetherness? And what you'll find it means is that we're one of heart and one of mind. One of heart, one of mind, and one of purpose. In Acts 4.32, it says, all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that uh, any of their possessions were their own, but they shared everything they had. So there's an open sharing in life of togetherness. There's this, this one of heart, this one of mind. There's, a, there's an agreement that we're going to head in the same direction, that we're going to do this thing together. And that's a powerful expression of belonging and community. That's what community is all about. And that's what we're talking about here today is belonging to a community of people, a community where you can grow, a community where you can, you can be loved. <laughs> Hello? Oh, can I answer it? No, you're all right. <laughs> That's fine. I know you yeah, had an accident. Don't worry about it. I've always wanted someone to ring me when I'm up here so I could just go, oh, yeah, how you going? And hold this up and you could hear what they're saying. But then you might not hear anything nice, I don't know. <laughs> so as a church, we express that three things to cultivate, cultivate a culture of belonging. The three important things, I've preached this before, I've shared it many times, that we'll be a church of love, acceptance, and forgiveness. Three essential hallmarks of a church that will be a place where people can come and belong. So we love people. Love is powerful. Love breaks down walls. Love breaks open hearts. Love is how God chose to win the world. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. So whoever would believe in him, it was love that paved the way. As a church community, we must understand that everything starts in that position of love. We cannot afford to judge people. We must, we must pay the price of loving people despite what they're going through, despite what they look like, despite what their behaviours are. We must love them the way they are. It's because that is the love, that sacrificial love. It's that agape love the Bible talks about, right? Jesus so loved the world. It wasn't a a lovey-dovey love of like, oh, let me give you cuddles and kisses. It was like he loved me so much that he sacrificed his own life for me, really at no profit of his own. He was the one that lost out on my behalf. He had to die for me, and he chose to do that. So then that, that tells me that there can be prejudice in me that I must, I must allow to die so I can love people. Because there will be some people that I encounter that I don't agree with the way they live their life. And I could easily shift into judgmental zone and start judging them for the way they live their life and the sin that's in their life. Or I can choose to sacrifice that prejudice and lay it down so that love can pave the way for that person to encounter Christ. It's easier said than done, but yet here we are. You know, when we're in Townsville, a lot of the doors that we were knocking on were Indigenous people. And of course, in Australia, we all have our own opinions of what the indigenous people are like and what we think about them and how we, how this, that, and whatever else you want to say about it. But when you're knocking on an indigenous person's door and you want to bring the message of Jesus to that person, if there is any prejudice on the inside of you about that situation, you better deal with it pretty quickly or the devil's going to get a hold of that thing and break down whatever you're trying to do, right? Right. So like, I would pray and I'd pray with the team, Lord, if there is any prejudice on the inside of me or this team that would hinder what you want to do, Father, please break that off our life right now because I cannot afford to have some thought up here that I've either grown up with or been exposed to in the community or whatever it may be, stop God from, able to, from being able to reach somebody because I became the blockage because I'm prejudiced. It doesn't matter what we believe. We're not building our own kingdom. It's what God believes. And we have to align ourselves with that And the reality of the truth was that every indigenous person in that community, no matter how they lived their life, was created by God, for God, and God wants them back in his kingdom. So who am I to say they don't deserve it? Now, we can can take that and we can superimpose that over any community of people that are out in the world, no matter what they are or what they do or how they live their life. Same deal. We have to drop our prejudice so we can love them the way Christ loved them. That doesn't mean we have to agree with behaviour. We have to agree with belief systems. But we do have to love them beyond the sin. The Bible says that love covers a multitude of sin. Why? Because, because sin, you need to reach the person. And the only way we can reach a person is by loving over what they're doing wrong so we can get a hold of their heart and build trust so we can lead them in the right direction. The thing is acceptance. Acceptance is the gift of significance. When we accept somebody, they find significance. Oh, do you mean I matter? Do you mean I'm important enough that you would accept me? But once again, not accepting the person that's come in, given their life, and they're a well-polished Christian, And look at him there. Oh, he's got a halo and everything over his head. We can accept you. No, no, no. Accepting people that are broken, that are disheartened, that are even maybe disgruntled with the church, disgruntled with life, that are hurting and in pain because of what they've gone through. And maybe they're addicted to something. Maybe they've abused somebody. Maybe they've done something. But the love that Jesus gave to people always broke through sin to get to the person Jesus always loved the person first before he dealt with the issue and that's how we need to live our lives as a church this is the kind of culture I believe here we need to develop are we perfect at it? No we're not have we got it right every time? No we haven't. Will we get it right in the future? Probably not but that's okay because we're all human right? And we're going to work at this until we can become a church that gets stronger and stronger in these areas of love, acceptance, and giving people significance, and then also forgiveness. You know, people can walk in and they so desperately need forgiveness, they can't forgive themselves. And they just need somebody to say, it's okay. God can fix this situation. God can turn it around for good. God's forgiveness is here for you. We've got to be the type of people that does not hold somebody's sin against them. We can't take somebody's sin and say, this is why, rah, 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 rah. We've got to be able to see the person. And our initial default reaction should be love, acceptance and forgiveness. As we express those elements of God, of of that character of God, we will see people's hearts be transformed. We'll see people's lives be reconnected into the church and we'll see people come alive in the giftings and calling of God that's on their life. We will see people come and give their lives to Jesus because they're experiencing and encounter the true nature of Christ. So we must have in our hearts the, the desire to become something greater than we already are as a Christian. This is why discipleship is so important. This is why being being giving ourselves not just not just into attendance and, 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 and you know, sort of just serving and all that sort of stuff, but actually make putting ourselves in a position where we become disciples of Jesus, where we grow in Christ, we grow in his character, we grow in the fruits of the spirit. Because people are called to belong, but we need to know what we're belonging to and what that belonging looks like for the next person that comes in the door. What are we meant to look like. How are we meant to act? What kind of church are we going to be? Because we're called to belong. We're called to belong to Jesus and we're called to belong to each other. Remembering that you're not called to belong to a building. You're called to belong to a group of people because the church is not four walls. The ecclesia, the Bible calls, is is the people of God. You're called to a people, to belong to a people. Now that makes a significant difference because I'm not called to belong to the church down the street that has all the glitzy lights and all the smoke machines and looks amazing. It's the most popular church in town. That's not how it works. You're called to belong to a group of people. God has purposed you to be there. The trick is to find that group of people. And then when you find that tribe, love them hard with all that you've got because that's where your future and destiny is going to be. You know, I've been in church for many, many, many years and I've seen this outwork in people's lives and just that commitment to, to, to belong in something and then see their lives unravel in a way that just brings glory to God. You see them do things they never thought they would do. And it's because they found a place to belong and a place of significance. And, and the reality is that, that, that you hold something for my life and I hold something for your life that if we never come into relationship together, we'll never discover about each other that God has put in there. And so there's this unlocking that takes place as we give ourselves over to relationship and it's a two-way street. And as you do that, things start to open up. You start discovering things. Josh says to me, Dave, what about this about my life? And I go, wow, I've never seen that before. And that's a direct connection from God because Josh is seeing something. And there was a connection that took place because God ordained that connection. And so then I go, wow, this is amazing. And, and then I say something to Josh that opened, and, and all of a sudden there's like this thing going on that God has created here because we've found a place of connection and relationship that's unlocked something. And so we, my future's unlocked because I met this person and because God connected me into that body. So don't ever think it's about a building. Buildings are great, they facilitate what God's doing, and yes, we want great services, and if that includes lights and smoke machines, well, so be it, I don't really care, so long as the purpose and and, and all that's going on is not about just how good I look. If it brings glory to God and people walk away from the service and don't just say, well, that was a great preaching message or that was great worship, we don't want to hear that. What we want to hear is when we walk out of this place, we want to hear people say, wow, God really did something today, didn't he? God was in that place. I encountered God. How amazing was God? If, if all we hear it is, is, oh, that's great preaching and that's great music and that's great whatever, then really we've failed because all we've done is managed to put on a good show. What we want to hear is the kids coming out saying, oh, we learnt this about Jesus, or we did this in kids' church today, and it's all about what Jesus does for us. And and we want to hear the stories of God's transformation. God's done this in my life. And does that make sense? Right? That's why we can meet in this building or that building or whatever on this crazy season we're in of like not meeting in the building we originally were in, because it doesn't really matter Because wherever we turn up, God turns up, right? Because he he only comes where his people are. He does not come to a building. He's not in the bricks. He's in us. So wherever we gather together, the Bible tells us God is there also. So you can meet absolutely anywhere. In Townsville, we met on top of a hill called Castle Hill. Castle Hill? Or Castle Rock or whatever it's called. And we just started to pray. And people were everywhere. And, and like they were coming and going, we we're on the lookout. So people were coming, taking photos. And, and we just started to pray. And amazing what God did in that moment. Because God will show up in any situation where his people gather together in his name. Because that's what the church is. So we're we're talking about belonging, we're talking about finding a home church, but what we're talking about is finding a group of people that you identify with as, this is the place for me, this is my home, I feel like I have a sense of significance, I feel like I have a sense of belonging and calling for my life, and you realise that the calling will come out of belonging. You'll find and discover things about yourself and what God has for you because you make a commitment to belong somewhere. Can the musicians come? Part of belonging is serving. It's being a part of something. Something that you're willing to sacrifice for. That serving can look like all different things. It can look like these guys up on stage. It can look like someone putting a chair out. It can look like someone going out and reaching out in the community and sharing their faith with somebody. It can look like someone that turns up to a prayer meeting and and is committed to being there to pray and seek God. It can look like anything. It can it can look like someone that is is willing to release financial uh, you know finances into the kingdom because that's their act of Sacrifice and serving but it's like we do it why not because we're coerced into it not because we're pushed into it we do it because we have a heart and a love for God and the place that God has called us to I serve God because I love him I serve the church because it's my home and if we start to look at church rather than just a building but we start to look at it as our home that this is my home then I'm going to want to mow the lawns. I'm going to want to wash the dishes. They're practical things, but I'm going to want to do it because I want my home to be nice. I want my home to be a place that people want to come. So I just get in and I fill in and I fill in the jobs that need to be done and I do what, whatever needs to be done because, because I just want to make sure that when the new person comes, they come in and they experience what I experience. Now, I remember when I bought my house, we bought our house, we went house shopping, right? And you, you, know, you go around, you look at all different homes, in, in and out, and I could tell the difference between the ones that were rental properties and ones that were homes. You walk into a rental property it's quite stark and there's maybe tiles everywhere and the walls are all painted one color and there's no pictures on the wall, there's no nothing because it's a rental property. You're not even allowed to do that. And so you walk in and it feels quite lifeless. It's just kind of dead, it's just, it's just a house and you can live in it and it's great, but, but then there's houses that you walk into and there's a warmth in the house. You walk in, and you go, wow, this feels really good. This feels really nice. And you go, this doesn't feel like a rental property. This feels like a home. I think I could live here. Turn on people walking in going, wow, this is a great rental property church which is stark and disconnected with no relationship, no love, no concern, no acceptance. We wanna be a church where people walk in and instantly feel loved, accepted, forgiveness, the embrace of God. Like, oh wow, this feels good. This feels great, I think I could belong here. But it's gonna take all of us to make a commitment to be that person in the church that expresses that love, acceptance and forgiveness, that pushes aside prejudice so that we can embrace people for who they are and let God do what only God can do, which is transform somebody's life. And I refuse to be a pastor or a church that expects somebody to change before they come into relationship with Jesus. Because the reality is there's no power for them to change until they know Him. It's only through that connection that people's lives can change. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.